0: This is the Michael K. Show Podcast. Listen live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker.
2: Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.
0: Currently eating.
2: One
3: of the best salads I've ever had from a salad place in my life. I have to tell you guys. They ordered from Chopped. You ever had Chopped before, Doc? No. Anthony, you've had Chopped? Very good. Anthony, they got the, um, I like everything spicy. They got me the jalapeno Caesar salad. Oh, yeah. That's Dude, a good one. are you kidding me? Dude. Chopped. Cut the check. I will be your, I will be the face of Chopped, okay? Wow. Hey, don't even cut the check. Just cut the salad. I Hold well a- all right, that was a fascinating which if I do say so? That was it was I I liked it though. I right, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh coming up at the bottom of this hour, uh a conversation with Zach Ephron and Jeremy Allen White on camera too, ladies, if you want to get a nice 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 look at Zach Efron. It's a little uh, thirst trap we're trying to get a well, yeah. Lay a little thirst trap out there. They're the stars of uh, this movie, The Iron Claw, which comes out next Friday, mm. about the Von Erich family, who people sort of say are like the Kennedys of pro wrestling. They they were these heartthrobs in Texas in the 80s, and then one by one, Don, tragedy sort of befell upon each member of this family. It's an amazing story, and we'll have Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White to talk about it. Um, also, I feel bad. Richard called in the in the 3 o'clock hour. I'm, I'm sorry, Richard. You're going to have to hold till 530. You know the rules. Well. Come. Don, we can't talk about a combination of, you know, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, and Fran Tarkenton right now at this moment. Is there a chance that Richard's going to talk about something that's modern day?
4: I, it's almost now you got to go to him just to find out. It usually is too early for Richard, but All it is right, the but, holiday
3: season. But here's what we're doing. We're going to line up the clock. I want the shot clock on. And then, I, and then when we well, hit the clock, I want the play out and music and the fade out. Well, the thing
4: is, the clock doesn't work unless when we reach the end, he's gone. But that's what I like about it is that he, he just does, just blows right through it. Mean, listen, we say witty things to him. He doesn't have any response to it. He's just like a machine. He just marches forward.
3: Even this conversation we're having right now, he will not address. Guaranteed. All right, let's go to Richard in Manhattan. Hey, Dick. Hi,
5: Don, Peter. All right, the Giants have a playoff game this Sunday. Let's talk about it. First of all... If they beat New Orleans, next week is going to be amazing in New York. Unbelievable. And Philadelphia, you guys were talking about the two quarterbacks being players of the week. I'll give you another almost impossibility, and I would love Elias to look this up. Okay, Dallas is 10-3, and 3, and Philadelphia is 10-3. and 3. Dallas has a point differential of 188. Philadelphia's point differential is 21. I bet you in the last 50 years, there's never been a team 10 and three with a 21-point differential. Philly is the 29th worst defense in points allowed this year. 29th out of 32. So why can't the Giants beat Philly? They'll be coming off a short week. They're playing Monday night. Then if they beat Philadelphia, forget about it. If they beat New Orleans and Philadelphia, this city... The city will go unbelievably wild. It, so, it, listen, it, fellas, I'm looking forward. That's all I'm looking forward to this Sunday. New Orleans and the Giants is a playoff game. Pleasure you know, always. Thank you, guys. Thank you. you I did it.
4: We don't even have to look into wow. Elias. I'll give it to you. I'll be Elias. All right. I don't know what their point differential was at 10-3, and 3, if indeed they were 10-3. and 3. But last year's Minnesota Vikings, Peter, were 13-4. and 4. You know what their point differential was? What's that? Minus three. Wow. So there you go. So you talk about Philadelphia being plus 21 at 10 and three. There was a 13 and 14. That's why we said Minnesota was Fugazi. Minus three point differential and they were 13 and four? Mm hmm. Okay, I'm not trying to take away the Giants winning a road playoff game. That's hard to do. But everybody wanted Minnesota for that reason last year. We said it all year.
3: I will say... They were a paper tiger all year. I will say I, I strongly agree with one thing Richard said. Really? I do. It crossed my mind uh, after Monday. Crazy as it is, if the Giants get to 6-8 and eight, and at that point have won four straight, mm-hmm. there's no way this place is not electric.
4: It'll be a, It's a Christmas Day game. 430. Huge.
3: It, it, people will be lit up.
4: Now, I, I listen, I'm scarred by the Eagles. Giants don't play well against Philadelphia, especially in a big spot. But going into that game, riding a four-game winning streak, if they can beat the Saints in New Orleans, and that's not easy either, it would be pretty incredible that we were talking about an absolute embarrassment of a football team. The way they lost the Jet game. The way their quarterbacks, whoever it was, getting sacked. Even in the Commanders game, Peter, they had nine sacks. The Commanders. Mm -hmm. Including like for the first time in like a decade and a half, six sacks in the first half. To all of a sudden tightening it up. The Tommy DeVito story is amazing, but what's getting lost in this is how well the offensive line has turned it around. And the other thing, too, is how... Kayvon Thibodeau's turned it around. Oh, well, yeah.
3: He's been a monster. Even though talk of his demise was greatly exaggerated. True, but even. But but still, he's much better. I mean, there's no. And the defense.
4: The defense has been very good, led by Kayvon. The offensive line is now blocking. And it's unfortunate because everything got lost from Barkley, you know, fumbling the ball the way he did at the end of the game. But. He stays healthy, That's that's a weapon. And I don't know, is Waller ever going to come back?
3: Who knows? I'm told that we have a Woge grenade. Oh, here we go. Uh Looking up right now. Isn't it a Woge bomb? No, this is a grenade. It's a grenade. Um, Free agent Todd Gibson is coming back to the Knicks on a one-year deal. (laughs) Mitchell Robinson, sideline from the injury, of course. Tibbs now brings another body back and one of his favorites. Have to. Um, Taj played with him uh, in Chicago, of course.
4: Have to. Because like I said, you had Jericho Sims starting, and he had one bucket. He had like five rebounds. They, so they're, they're going to need that size. And this is a huge five-game road trip for them. the The Knicks have been very strange this year, where they're not getting as much talk as they should. I mean, they were in the knockout round of the in-season tournament. And they haven't gotten much love or attention because of everything going on with football and the Yankees and Soto and all that. But it's a big road trip for them, Peter. You know, they're sitting there, what, sixth in the conference. Pacers have played very well this year. Magic are having an unbelievable season. So all this talk about, oh, we, we could be better than the Sixers. We just have to worry about the Bucs and the Celtics. You have other teams in that conference to worry about. Not to mention if Atlanta ever figures it out and the Cavaliers are right there. So they've got a very winnable game tonight against Utah, which can be heard right here. A 9870 SP in New York. But then they go to Phoenix on Friday and then the two LA teams and they come back and play Brooklyn. They're only 13 and 9. And now without Mitchell Robinson until like the middle of February, I don't have anybody heard the status of quickly tonight. So, no, do we know yet? They better win tonight, otherwise, you know, you come back with a losing road trip. You know, now you're back to just uh trying to stay out of the playing again. So I, I like this move.
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's a move that had to be made. So it's not sexy, but it, it's, it gets the job done, or at least hopefully it gets the job done. Uh, back to the phones. one 800 let us go to John in Mawa. Hey, John.
6: Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, talking about uh, <laughs> Tommy Cutlets, I'm making veal, uh, veal marsala for dinner. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up, uh, I uh, live about a mile from Don Bosco. I saw, I saw DeVito play it in high school. And when he committed to my juggernaut college, Syracuse to play, I was so excited. Cautionary tale. He was really, really not good at Syracuse. He got benched about six times, ended up getting tra- transferring to Indiana He really, really wasn't very good. So Mm. I would – look, it's a great story. I love it. I saw him playing in high school. I just would pump the – as a Giants fan, I think you should pump your brakes because – But doesn't this add
4: to the story, though? I mean, listen, I I, I think there are two separate things here, John. The fact that he was cut from Syracuse, undrafted, practice squad player, winning games in the NFL is an amazing story. But where people sometimes take it too far – is now thinking that he is going to be the next Giants starting quarterback. It would be a great story if that were to happen, and I'm, you know, I'm rooting for him, but both can be true where it's a great story, but let's pump the brakes. This is not going to end up with him being the starting quarterback of the Giants and leading to the Super Bowl. If you remember Linsanity, Peter, we actually got phone calls from people. I remember. Many phone calls saying he's going to the Hall of Fame. So people do get a little crazy, but, John, I, I get the perspective. But the fact that he was cut at Syracuse and had to transfer to Indiana all adds to what is really a, a, an, an incredible story.
6: And, by the way, I think, I think Zach ends up going to Denver, and I think uh, that guy out there makes him into a, into a decent quarterback. He's out near Utah, and I think, he'll, I, I think that's where he'll, he'll end up eventually.
4: That would be something, right, especially with Sean Payton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett, which, by the way, Peter— was a salient point at the time it's just he shouldn't have said it the criticism was he shouldn't have said that about another coach Yeah. but he was right
3: well right now he looks that way I mean by the way I, I, I gotta tell you I'm, I'm sick about what's happening with the Broncos I loved I loved Peyton falling flat on his face I was very into it and good. they're now at 7-6 Tom they're, they, they can make the playoffs
4: yeah. listen it may not be he may not be worth the money and he may not lead them to a championship, but he's too good of a coach to fall on his face. And Russell Wilson You're was right. too good of a quarterback to just go quietly into that good night. You figured that that Sean was going to get the most out of Wilson. Now Wilson's on the back three or whatever. He's he he, he he's putting on seventeen, but he got uh, he got the right coach to turn him around. And that's an interesting point by the caller. If Zach were to go there, that would be a very good place to get the most out of Zach. I would think.
3: Um, this year, if you haven't paid attention, Russell Wilson's thrown for 2,600 yards, 23 touchdowns and eight interceptions. So listen, he's not, he's not the 35 touchdown Russell Wilson from the Pete Carroll days, but no, no, it's, it's going back the right direction. That's for sure.
7: It's,
4: uh,
3: It's such a coaching league, isn't it? More than, more than any other league we've seen. Let's go to, uh, Brian in Morristown. Hey, Brian.
4: Hello, Brian.
3: Oh, Brian.
4: Brian's song. It's not a good song. That's he was talking about how it feels like Linsanity.
3: But it's not. Uh how about Janine in Colonia? Hi, Janine.
2: Hey guys, how's it going? Hey. Um, I just I, I actually have a Linsanity T shirt, I have to admit that. But, uh, uh, I I had I
4: had
3: the jersey t shirt. <laughs> I probably still have it in storage.
4: <laughs> I had a, um, uh, a headband. We were they, they, the Knicks sent us a headband that said Linsanity. How could you not? Yeah. How could you? not?
2: I still wear it proudly. That was that oh, was really should. fun. i was having fun with this.
4: You're a Giant fan sorry, too, yeah. right? Yes. So if you remember, it was right after the Giants won the Super Bowl. What are we going to talk about? And you went from seeing the Giants win the Super Bowl to getting like a, a month of incredible basketball.
2: that really was fun. And I'm kind of like having the same fun with this Tommy D thing. I mean, I liked him in the preseason. I was sad when he was cut. Like I really was. Um, But, you know, I mean, just like, I think you said it before, Don, we need to like pump the brakes a little bit. It's like, you know, when people are saying like, you know, he's better than DJ and I'm not even really a DJ fan, but it's like, you know, like when I was watching him play, it's like, you know, he made like awesome passes, which is great but there was a couple of real easy ones that he missed. It's like, I feel like the easy ones, like you have to make all of those, you know? But um, I mean, the guy's playing with house money right now and he's, you know, it's, it's fun to watch and, you know, I'm just enjoying it.
4: No, that, that, just enjoy it. I, 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 we live in a world now where everything has to be microwaved and we got to get the result right away. What's so wrong with just, I don't know how long it's going to last. Maybe it ends Sunday. Maybe it continues for another week or two. Maybe it does become one of the great stories and he becomes the Kurt Warner 2.0. But why can't we just live in the now? Why do we have to know exactly how it's going to pan out? And why do we got to make fools of ourselves predicting greatness when it may not be there? Or or the other way, Peter, constantly poo-pooing it and not really enjoying it while it's happening and just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Why can't we live in the now anymore, Peter?
3: Why? I, it's something I don't like. And by the way, I, she made a good point. It's the way I've been feeling, too. I love the DeVito thing, but the play has not yet been special. It's been it's been nice. Um, I said we were going to get into it. I wanna, Let's just take a phone call on it. I'm sure you've seen right by now the Draymond Green punch to Nurkic mm-hmm. from last night, at which this point, Draymond has said he did not intend to do. Um, Don, I, I, I tend to... Uh, The play, I I immediately tweeted when I saw it and said, I've had enough of this act. Like, I'm getting sick of the Draymond act. That said, I don't necessarily not believe him that it wasn't his intention to, like, squarely punch Nurkic in the face. But I do think it was him just being intentionally overly physical and reckless, and it's getting old. It's, It's hard to give him the benefit of the
4: doubt, right? If it's any other player, if Steph did that, you'd say, well, listen, come on. He didn't mean to do it. But it's Draymond, and he's the one guy that can accidentally colcock a guy. <laughs> it just seems so odd let's, that that's the so. It, and listen, he said it afterward. He's like, "Listen, you guys know me.
3: You know I'm not going to sit here and apologize if I don't really mean it." But let, let's it, hear here's Draymond. Uh, here's Draymond explaining.
8: He was pulling my hip, and I was swinging away to sell the call. Made contact with him. As you know, I'm not one to apologize for things i meant to do but i do apologize to you said because i didn't intend to hit him i sell calls with my arms i don't fall or to sell a call i don't I'm not a flopper so i was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back so i spun away and unfortunately i hit him and so like i said i apologize to you Seth, because i didn't intend to hit him hmm. I, I don't know i Anybody sort of buy it else. tom Sort
3: of my, Listen, it, I'm sick of the act at, at, at this time. It's getting annoying, but I will say... So that's the thing. I do kind of believe him in this case. You though.
4: just said, like, the key word in your phrase is act. So if it's all part of his act, then it, it would make sense for him to have like a theory on why he didn't intentionally do it. Looking at it again, if it's anybody else, I buy it because he never made eye contact with him. You've seen kind of swing; it was reckless for sure. It's kind of like in hockey—you got to be responsible for your stick. Well, you got to be—you swing your arm; you got to be responsible if it ends up at the side of a guy's head. But in a punch, you're going to look to see where that punch lands, and his his head was completely out of it. So I believe him; I do. But because of his history, right? They're going to still come down on him.
3: Yeah, and it, listen, it wasn't a game where he was being over the top and getting into it with everyone and going back and forth with the refs. So so it is a little bit more believable. But, yeah, it doesn't change sort of the history. Here's Steve Kerr on the Draymond Green ejection situation.
9: Yeah, we need him. We need Draymond. But, you know, he knows that, and we've talked to him, and you got to find a way to keep his poise and, and be out there for his his teammates.
4: George, last time you talked about Draymond not crossing the line. How? What, what can be done...
3: To,
7: to stop this from continuing to happen um we'll keep working
3: and lastly Yusuf Nurkic on Draymond
10: what's going on with him I don't know personally I feel like that brother needs the help and I'm glad he not trying to choke me but at the same time and not with basketball man like I'm just out there trying to play basketball you know
2: they're swinging I think we saw that often but um hope he you know whatever he got in his life get better
3: Some real words. Uh, And now we go to the phone lines where we will hear from Sean in Queens who wants to talk about Draymond. What's up, Sean? What's
8: going on, guys? Thanks for taking the call, man. Of course. What's up? So my thing about this Draymond situation, um, you know, when, when something bad happens to a player in the league, you hear the players, they come up and they talk about this is a brotherhood, right? And they want the player to get better and stuff like that. Draymond, he's not respecting that word, brotherhood. Because if you look at his previous ejections, they're not ejecting him for foul language. They're ejecting him for potential injury to another player. I mean, Yusef said it. He was like, I'm glad he didn't try to choke me. This dude choked another man on national TV. Then one time he stepped on Sabonis. Another time he try to keep LeBron in a family shoes. Like, I don't know what's going on with this dude. And Joseph said it best. Like, I don't know what's going on in his head. But and you, and, and, I, I, not.
4: and you know who I respect, Sean? I respect Kerr because he's not acting like an enabler. He's understanding this is an issue. Like, a lot of coaches will just blindly support their players and then they create an enabling situation. You can hear Kerr is frustrated too. Because, all right, he's yeah. getting tied up, Sean, right? I, so I get it. You're tied up. But it's not like hockey or football where being tied up, somebody can come lay you out. I mean, did he really feel like he had to untie himself by just recklessly swinging his arm around, hoping he didn't hit somebody in the head? Or did he swing his arm around, saying, I don't want to be tied up anymore, and if it ends up at the side of somebody's head, so be it. And if that's the end, if it's the latter, then it is a, it's a disrespect to his opposition, it's a disrespect to players. And that's his issue. Yeah. Do you really have to get untied, Peter? It Was it Game 7 of the NBA Finals in the final seconds? Or he just didn't like being held and figured, I'm going to swing my arm. And if I hit him, I hit him. Hopefully I won't, but if I do, so what? Don't you have to have some responsibility for where your fist ends up?
3: <laughs> yes! <laughs> I think that's an absolutely... Reasonable expectation. Uh, guys, the twenty twenty-four Navy Federal Credit Union NHL Stadium Series is coming to Met Life in February. You got the Flyers and the Devils on Saturday the 17th. You got the Rangers um and the Isles on Sunday the 18th. Tickets on sale now at NHL.com slash Stadium Series Tickets. Enter for your chance to win tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or the ESPN New York app. You need that app in your life, by the way. If you don't have it, it is the best way to officially listen to the station. Just scroll down to contests and submit your entry. We have a whole lot more to do. Also going to talk to Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White this hour. Peter and Don on the K Show on yesn 98.7 ESPN.
11: Hey, guys. Are you ready to hit a home run with the best Christmas gift for your special someone? Pajama Ground's famous naturally nude pajamas will make you a holiday hero. So good that they sell out every year. Naturally nude pajamas are known for ultimate comfort and style. Soft, silky, better than lingerie with a curve-caressing fit. Here's the kicker. When you order naturally nude pajamas today, you'll get a free naturally nude nightie. That's a $75 savings on a very luxurious two-in-one complete gift. Better yet, with Pajamagram, you can even add gift packaging. If you ask me, that's one easy holiday gift that is sure to make her happy. Listen, we all know how good it feels to win. So, why not win this Christmas? Hurry, go to PajamaGram today for naturally nude pajamas before they sell out. That's naturally nude pajamas at pajamagram.com. And please tell them ESPN New York sent you. We all
10: know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for
3: business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens?
7: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has
0: to be. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy, hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Still reeling from that salad I ate from chopped. All right, Anthony's okay. reaching out. You know, Anthony's really a pro dog. He hears me rant about food randomly. He sends the clip to sales and says, you know, do the right thing. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's what he does. He's a pro. You know, when, when Michael went off about water at some point, we ended up, what was the water again? The smart water. It was Cucumber smart water. lime. Michael's like, I love the smart water. And, uh, and, you know, Anthony's work got us a, a little hmm. situation with smart water. But man, that chop. There's a chop like two blocks from my house. I've never even been there. Oh, I'm going.
2: Can I join?
3: Of course, babe. We made the decision. Well, she made the decision, and I'm being forced to agree with the decision. Mm. To um check to check in a bag on our honeymoon trip. Well, how long are you gonna be gone for? Ten days. It's the right thing, I guess. I, I was I was prepared. Because Brazil is going to be like ninety degrees anyway, I was prepared to just pack like lots of shorts and t-shirts and call it a day, and like and we each bring a carry-on. But she's like, it's our honeymoon. I want to have stuff. If we do go out to a nice dinner, I, I, you know, why, why, why not? And I was like, I, get, I, I don't sense. get it.
4: They, uh, listen, I don't like to check bags usually when it's a business trip. You know, t- traveling. To a ranger game, where I'm not going to be there that long, and I want to just get to the hotel because it's really late, and I don't want to wait for my bag. But when it's vacation, yeah, you're not rushing, right? Who you're cares? not rushing. You don't have to be someplace at a specific time, so you wait for the luggage rather than you know maybe forget something.
3: It's it's a it's a good point. You get a, you get a couple of gifts for people, and like you know, it's all it's a direct flight each way. We're not changing flights, where you're worried about losing the bag the same way. So it, it, I'll acquiesce, uh, I'll, I, but I'd love being able to just carry that bag right on. I'm not going to lie. I've squeezed, I've squeezed like a week into a tiny carry-on bag before. I'm proud of it. There's there's some pride there.
4: Oh yeah, there's something to that. And and I, I I've said this before, and I've been mocked for it, but I I enjoy packing.
3: I just I like. Forgot, I'm sorry. I'm going to spit up my coffee. I forgot your take that you like packing. Do you want to come over and do my packing tonight?
4: <laughs> well, I don't know if I would want to do other people's packing, but you get to see what you have. You start to think about the trip. What do I need? I, I don't know. There's something about it that I just enjoy, but I can get being mocked for. A lot of people hate it, but I
3: I, I kind of like it. Oh, I need to. I need to bring some really cheap garbage flip flops. Cause I have and like I have nice flip flops at home. I'm not going to bring. I, I need some cheapy flip flops to wear onto the beach that you can just leave sitting there.
4: And it's also some kind of a, a pride that I have. Go ahead. If like like Nancy forgot something, or if I'm with somebody, says, "Boy, I wish I had this." And I go, "Oh no, you, oh, I have one. You want to use mine?" I packed. I thought.
3: You're. You, I looked you ahead. You would be. You would be Lloyd in Dumb and Dumber with an extra pair of gloves because you're driving through the Rockies exactly that that said that's a good example i mean it is the rockies one 800 we are talking to zach efron and jeremy allen white next five o'clock hour giving away tickets to wwe yes cm punk has been added to that show at msg we'll have tickets for you coming up shortly right now though the phone call is jammed with nothing but zach wilson and tommy devito phone call every time a line drops another zach or tommy devito call comes in let's go to blake on long island what's up blake
9: hey how's it going guys long time listener second time caller hey man i've been meaning to ask don specifically this question for a very long time so to begin the season it never felt like daniel jones was dayball and shane's guy so where i think this comes into play is that everyone's saying the Giants got better when Tyrod Taylor came in. They're saying they got better when DeVito came in. Everyone agrees that the playbook was simplified last year. Is it so crazy to think that when Dayball and Shane have their guy, things get a little bit easier for the Giants, the offensive line plays better, the receivers get involved, the defense gets a new life? I'm just seeing that every week. And I'm getting ripped apart by my friends in group chat. Well, so I just wanted to know if you think there's any validity to that.
4: I, I don't. I know we we even talked about it. it just felt like Dable didn't get along with Jones. And he, he seems to love DeVito. But guys, Shane gave him $40 million. They gave him a four-year contract. Now, there's an out after two. But you can't say that Shane wasn't on board. And... I know things have looked better with other quarterbacks, but there's a reason for that. I mean, the offensive line has played better. The defense has played better. Now, you want to tell me they're playing better because of who the quarterback is? Um, I, I oh, can't I, – I, I guess it's something, but
9: Tyrod wasn't great. the quarterback great. allows them to simplify things and, and just do the easier, the easier option, you know. I, I feel like what they want to do is, you know, have these fireworks going off and Jones just isn't capable of running that style off. So I then, don't. You know, I, I think Taylor, they were a they little bit more
4: efficient with Tyrod Taylor, but it wasn't like he was lighting it up. And DeVito hasn't he exactly said. lit it up, he hasn't made the mistakes. And Tyrod, the only mistake that he made was not, you know, you're changing the play at the line of scrimmage in the Buffalo game at the end of the fr- second quarter. That w- That was a brain fart on his part. But how much of it is what he said, Peter, Blake, or just expectations are different? Right, so Daniel Jones comes in making $40 million a year. You have a certain level of expectations he needed to meet, didn't come close to meeting it, and the rest of the team was garbage around him. You go to a backup quarterback, your expectations are going to be lower. You go to an undrafted rookie, your expectations are going to be even lower. So when they accomplish something, you're going to be, oh my God, look how much better it is. If Daniel Jones had the exact same stats over the last three weeks that DeVito had, would we be praising Daniel Jones or just saying, hey, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing?
3: It's it's a fair point. And and by the way, I think that if Tyrod Taylor had played Don, I think he would have won these games in a very similar fashion. We just wouldn't have been nearly as excited about it. And that makes sense. There there's there's the, the story of Tyrod Taylor is a career five hundred quarterback with significantly more touchdowns and interceptions. He's a nice he's a nice quarterback who I think on the right team right. I've said this before. He could have saved the jet season, you know. I mean, he's a really nice piece, but he's expensive, and they know what he is. I, I think, Don. I think it would have been a similar playbook if Tyrod was playing. Even though Tyrod's a more uh, capable and 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 developed player than Devito, I, I think yeah. they would have went now, to a pretty simple backup version of what this offense is supposed to be.
4: Now, if Daniel Jones is playing over the last three weeks, they would not. They would have a, a little bit more for a veteran quarterback to do, which could lead to mistakes and lose the game, or might have scored more points where you're not sweating out the Patriot game the way that you did. Or even the Commanders game. Like, the Giants had some trouble putting that game away until eventually they did, thanks in part to how poorly the Commanders played offensively. But maybe if Daniel Jones plays, they're, they're not sweating that game out. They're not hoping for a last-second missed field goal by the Patriots to win that game, and or, or holding their breath at the end of the game on Monday night. But what would we say about Daniel Jones? It's like, all right, they're going to open it up, which means he might get sacked more, which means he might throw more picks, which certainly was the case when the team wasn't playing well. But isn't it possible that by opening it up a little bit more, they'd score more points and it'd look a lot better than it is now, now that they finally have come together as a team and playing better and healthier? I'm, I'm coming across as a Daniel Jones apologist, Peter. No, no, but are making I, sense. I, I feel like I want to defend him just because fans now... are are just making it seem like that Tommy
3: DeVito's a better quarterback, and I just refuse to believe that. Yeah, he has not shown that yet. It's been amazing. He has not shown that he's more talented than Daniel Jones. He hasn't shown that he's more talented than Zach Wilson, certainly, either. These are guys of a different level of talent, but what Tommy DeVito's done has been awesome and impressive, and I hope he keeps getting better. Yeah. we have a lot of calls, Danny, Josh, Vic, Bob, Mark. We'll get to all you guys in a minute, but we're going to talk to Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White of the movie The Iron Claw next. This is a conversation you want to hear about an awesome movie. First, let me tell you guys about my friends over at Bathfitter. They remodeled my bath did an incredible job, customized it for my needs, process easy, one expert installer, done in a day, no demo, no mess. Bathfitter's is a permanent, high-quality solution with a lifetime guarantee, uh, 3 million happy customers just like me, and for a limited time, save 10%. Up to $500 on a complete bath fitter tub and wall system. So start designing your bath today like I did at bathfitterdesign.com. There is only one bath fitter.
0: Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKSESPN.
3: Welcome back to the Michael K Show at 98.7 ESPN, of course, watching us around the country on the Yes Network. Um, I've mentioned the film in the last several months that I was excited about it. And now it is finally coming out Friday, December 22nd, just in time for the holidays. The Iron Claw. Uh, It is a story to say it's a story about pro wrestling i think undersells it it is a story about pro wrestling but it's a story about america relationships between fathers and sons brothers tragedy triumph it has a lot and uh we're joined by two of the stars of the film uh the man who plays carrie von eric uh jeremy allen white and kevin wow. von eric uh, zach efron how are you guys doing today it's feeling great. good man great Uh, I'll start with you, Zach. Um, You you have an interesting sort of challenge because you're playing Kevin Von Erich, and I obviously don't want to give away too much for people who haven't seen the film and don't know this story as well as a huge wrestling fan like me does. But Kevin is the the one who is still around. He is the person who gets to tell this story. How much pressure did you feel uh, playing the character who is here to see this entire film unfold?
10: There's definitely an added element of... Pressure, uh, you know, and I think just an, an extra level of of care and effort that you put into a, a performance, especially when you know that the real guy is still around and he's going to be seeing the movie. Um, you know, I, I wanted to portray him accurately and um, you know to the best of my abilities, be able to inhabit him. But there's there's definitely a fine line uh, where you want to you want to make the performance. Or, somewhat original and uh be able to have a good arc and part of that is making it your own so to speak so it's a fine line but um i i gave everything i had to to portray a lot of the, a lot of it was the physicality I yeah think, for, for yeah and, and
3: that's a, the, the physicality part i want to get into because that's crazy one more thing i want to ask you about kevin one thing i loved about this film and you can correct me if i'm speaking out of school here and you think i'm wrong but I've never met Kevin, but from the stories I've heard throughout the years, you know, obviously he lived a really interesting life. He went off to Hawaii and kind of found his own way, but he's always described as his own kind of cat. You know what I mean? He, he definitely seems unique um, to me from the outside. Carrie was sort of the cooler character and, and Kevin was a little bit more offbeat. And then I, I, I thought, I wonder if that's the way it'll play in the movie. Cause Kevin is the one alive to tell the story. And I thought you guys did a great job making it clear that even though he was one of these cool Von Erich boys, he was clearly riding his own wave from even the opening scene when he meets his wife for the first time. Was that part, like part of the directive of playing Kevin that he is sort of a unique kind of cat?
10: It was, man. We really, we had a lot of fun with that, um, you know, over the course of the movie. One of the things that Sean, our director, really loved about Kevin was his energy and his charisma sort of inside the ring, uh, especially when we was with his brothers. It was on another level, but outside the ring and sort of in interviews and, and things like that. He was, he he wasn't good at that showman ch- showmanship side of it. He wasn't as polished as the other guys. He didn't flow into it as easy. And I think that juxtaposition there made for, like, a very, very interesting, endearing, kind of cool character in Kevin. And he's such an awesome dude in real life, man. You see how he got away with it yeah and, and you can also yeah. see how some yeah.
3: his his being unique sort of maybe helped his survival in, in some ways uh jeremy let me just ask you off top um yeah. first of all you played Kerry, who's one of my all-time favorites um and it was such a cool just as a kid watching the texas tornado always thought he was awesome did you have yeah. familiarity with Kerry von eric what was your level of knowledge about the von erics and pro
1: wrestling in general yeah, no. I mean, let's see. I, I, I was in. I mean, I was aware of pro wrestling, obviously, but I, I didn't grow up really watching very much of it. I, I had friends that were into it, and so I had like a pretty limited knowledge. But that was obviously like a different generation when when I was was coming up. The Von Erichs were around, you know, before. Um, so no, I wasn't. I wasn't familiar with the Von Erichs. Um, But uh, but yeah, when I started talking to Sean, Dirk, and our director about the movie, um, he might have even suggested that I I, I watch this episode of of Dark Side of the Ring that that focused on the von Mm Erichs. Maybe even prior to reading the script. So I became that—that was my you know introduction to uh, to the von Erichs and 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 the beginning of that kind of like research. So so like I'm just so curious from from the outside.
3: I know the story too well. You're someone, yeah. Jeremy, who like, you don't know the story. How yeah. did you react like hearing it? Cause it, it's, it's an unbelievable story. Like, were you immediately
1: like, Oh my God, this is a story I, I have to be a part of telling yeah exactly i mean that's that's just the thing you know you you hear that story you see the story for the first time and you're just you're kind of like this can't be it seems like folklore or fantasy or, or something like that like it, it doesn't seem like it could be uh could be true um and yeah like even before reading the script like i said uh, uh, and just watching that that that, that episode of, of the show about them i, I was immediately kind of taken um, with these men, even before kind of the the, the, the tragedy and then that part of the story was told, I just thought they were so um, so charismatic, so interesting. And from my like limited understanding of professional wrestling, I mean, they they really seemed to have been these like trailblazers in the sport, um, and and are responsible, I think, for for you know um, where where the sport stands today in a big way. Zach, how much work? I mean, just to be blunt,
3: you guys are gigantic in the movie, Zach. I mean, Zach, you look like you're actually a Von Erich in it. Like that was the part that actually, when, when the first time I see Zach's character Kevin Von Erich, you physically reminded me of Kerry when he got to WWE. Like you were that sort of jacked up. You looked. He
10: was big. How, oh, thanks. How, how much? How much work did you dudes put into doing this? I mean, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. uh, We—I mean, I I personally started training six, seven months out prior to even starting filming, and uh, just to just to put on that size and to um, just yet commit to that level of training. But that—I mean, right, sort of out out the gate, as soon as we started filming. we we watched so much footage on the Von Eriks. We had every every clip, every sort of fight that was, um, you know, available to us, and we were able to go through them kind of with a fine tooth comb and really pick out different physicalities and things that uh, that these guys did that were so so cool inside the ring. Like um, Jeremy was saying, they really did kind of revolutionize wrestling in that era and took it to a whole different level so i I was grateful for every every moment we spent training i think that informed a lot of the performance and i was grateful that these guys had left so much behind for us to to you know work on and to uh to watch and to kind of perfect and anything surprising about the level of uh
3: the pain of just running the ropes, or taking a basic back bump—like I have to imagine that
1: was—that it's great. That yeah. stuff is pain. Just that simple, simple stuff. Like I had no idea the first time I stepped into the ring was in LA with Chavo, like maybe a month before we all went to Baton Rouge where we shot the film to start training. And yeah, I couldn't believe just how hard the mat was, how hard the ropes were. I mean, that's just like cable covered <laughs> like, with like a little bit of padding. Um, even that really, that simple stuff was like uh And the mat's not a mat. I mean, it's just plywood. I, it's wood, but so just yeah. A, yeah, something like, on top of
10: it. It's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, nothing. It, yeah. It's, it's really nothing. You, it, there's definitely a quick learning curve um, you know, to, to take bumps and to fall into that mat and hitting those ropes—all the, all of those things were incredibly challenging. But. Um really really kind of rewarding when we when we got through it, it yeah it's fun
1: because when you're in it like when we were filming those those like longer takes of those scenes on the day you don't feel I mean like your adrenaline is going you're so excited to be there we've been training for so long so yeah you, you don't feel it in the moment but um but yeah the next day you you certainly did. Definitely, you definitely feel it the
10: next day we got a lot of bruises and, and scrapes
1: yeah. and, and it, also another thing we did is we shot all the matches
10: sort of from walk out to jumping in the ring to we'd, we'd shoot the whole match, you know, and all, all the moves, um, you know, in 10, its 15 minute long yeah. matches, uh, in their entirety without cutting. So we made it as real as, as possible. And you, well listen, f- I've watched, I've watched. Had, I have so much respect for these guys. Well, d- d- I, dude, I, pro wrestling. I am, Good. I am, an, I, am an, I am the ultimate skeptic on seeing
3: stuff like this. And I guys, I literally wanted to one day produce a story about them. That's how, Personal is oh, with wow, me, man. I was I'm so good. ready to hate on this film I had everything <laughs> oh, juiced up even the way <laughs> yeah. the sportatorium looks every it, yeah. Sean did an amazing job you guys did an amazing job I'm told you have to go I want to show you one thing on your way out that I think you'll get a kick out of yeah yeah I'm a I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to my number one thing that I collect is vintage t-shirts so I thought you guys would appreciate this Carrie Von Eric is number one uh t-shirt from oh my god like the early oh, that's unreal man <laughs> that's from, that's from the early 80s uh this is a little bit later when he was more you know he was getting to big time dallas carry oh, yeah. and then of yeah, course maybe my most prized when he made it to wwe eventually as the there texas tornado
10: ah. tornado
3: baby dude those are sick done. and they cost a little bit um guys december hmm. 22nd the film is out the iron claw go see it with your family you'll love it thank you guys for making time and congrats
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. Nice talking to
3: you. Peace, guys. Cheers. BetMGM,
4: the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM at GameSense reminds you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for T's and C's must be 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in New York only. New and existing customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven. Seven days from issuance if you are someone you know is a gambling problem help is available call 877-8 hope and wire text hope and wire at 467-369
0: thanks for listening to the michael k show podcast hear more of michael don and peter live weekday afternoon, starting at 3 on 98.7 espn in new york the espn app the tune in app or on your smart speaker
2: hey alexa play 98.7 espn